This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. And those brief moments of sun, uh, well, those are over now. Now it's back to gray. And I know my producer won't know this because he is stuck inside. Um, but it was sort of doing the, is that snow? Is that sleet? What the hell is going on? Just, it's crappy weather. You're not missing anything, Josh, is what I'm trying not to say. Not missing you. much. Just no. a bit of cloud. Yeah. Some drizzle. Drizzle. Some higher temperatures than normal. That's what I've seen. There's been. Higher temperatures than normal. We're up to three degrees. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of fog. We can go up to four today. A lot of fog. Yeah. A lot of slush, a lot of sleet. That's what my, that's what my uh, feet went through when I was trekking through Buffalo over the weekend. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes, you were at, by the way, this is Game Plan TSN 1050, brought to you by FanDuel, better than all your favorite teams, on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, the Buffalo Bills, as we talked about yesterday, got killed by the Cincinnati Bengals. What was it like there? How, I mean, that must have been a real bummer, just surrounded by so many depressed Bills fans. There were so many upset, disappointed, disgruntled people, Matt, like... You saw the vibe going into the game. It was joyous. The tailgates were absolutely going in Buffalo. Tables were being jumped on like usual. And then as soon as the Bengals got into their first drive, oh. it was a total switch. Oh, yeah. Snow's falling. Field is absolutely wet. And Burrow's just raging. Yeah. I, he is getting past the Bills' defense like it's nothing. Finds Jamar Chase. They're up early. This is going to be bad. And then you can see the faces of the Bills fans just saying, uh, this, well, you knew is, it. this is not good. Well, you knew it. Not just the chase. who was wide open. It was every play Joe Mixon was getting six yards, getting five yards. And then every Bills fan was like, wait a minute. We were told Cincinnati's offensive line is horrible. What's going on? And then it's just the dread hit. I watched the game with, um, with a buddy of mine who's a Bills fan, and it was awkward. Was he upset? Um, he was. And then, but just... Then it just sort of sunk in, so we just focused on the homemade tacos. So, you know, we <laughs> the, like, food, the food was the priority after the Bengals went up fourteen nothing. Yeah, the yeah. Then it's like, all right, this is uh, this is done. This is over. Um, I, I'm seeing news, you know, and like Mark Stein or this this reporter, that one is talking about another Raptor, Fred Van Vliet. Oh, maybe the Phoenix Suns are interested. They're trying to find what are they going to do after Chris Paul. Uh, retires, and, and I have to say this, and we're hearing, oh, draft picks for this guy, or maybe a team's interest in this guy. And your first reaction is you actually get excited. You know, you were telling me about a, maybe a, there was some sort of phantom deal for OG Ananobi for three draft picks. And, and my first thought when you told me that is I'm like, oh, God. And then I'm like, I'm, like, I'm speculating, and then, and then I'm like, oh, well, those picks will be low, but then you get excited. And then I realize, on one level, it, this sucks. You know, it's like, what are we, we're excited about future unknown draft picks who could become something or could become nothing. Like, I, I preferred when the Raptors were this legit team that was winning. I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't like this end of it. This seems like there's like a domino about to fall yeah. in Toronto. It's saying, well, we'll be Trent Jr. first. Why is OG Anobi getting the praise and the names that he's receiving right now around yeah. the NBA? Reports of... From Yahoo Sports, Chris Haynes yeah. has reported that t- Toronto Raptors guard Van Vliet 
has parted ways with his agent See, for Parlay Sports and Entertainment. That's the other big piece of news. What thank does you, this mean? Thank you for the reminder. So, Fred Van Vliet is moving on from his agent at a time when there's been nothing but speculation. And uh, is it because he's upset that his agent leaks stories? Because like, I don't think Fred wants to talk or deal with this at all. Fred is just your hardcore, old-school, grizzled, veteran, serious type, wants to win, wants to win here, and is proud. Um... But usually, how? let me just ask this. When there is a player whose name is being talked about as a potential trade person, and then that player gets rid of their agent, doesn't that usually portend something is coming? Maybe that something is a long-term contract extension with the Raptors. But it's rarely, oh yeah, player fired his agent. Then what happened? Oh, nothing. They played at the year, and then the following year they honored their contract, and the year after that, them and the team had an amical relationship. No, 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 no. Here's... Here's the equivalent. And I, I, I always, it, it feels to me all my analogies are either movies that came out before you were born, food, or relationship. I feel like every, every single one, every analogy is in one of those three categories. This is no different. You ever in a relationship and it's, it's a little stale, you know, it's fine. Uh, but it's a little up and down. Maybe sometimes you're walking on eggshells. There's some, there's some fights going on. Fights going on, but maybe some good. And then there's some good days. And then you notice your partner has joined a gym. Your partner has stopped eating dessert. Your partner is working out more. And why aren't they going for carbs? Are they are, are they doing that intermittent, intermittent fasting thing? Are they are they waiting 16 and a half hours to start eating? When did you start this diet? Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, they shed 10 pounds and then boom, they dump you. Because they need to get into single shape. And single shape is different than relationship shape. You know, and it's like you, you start to see that. The, so the analogy here is Fred Van Vliet getting rid of his agent is the equivalent of you in a bad relationship where your partner suddenly joins Good Life Fitness. That's what this is. <laughs> that, that's what it definitely seems like. It, yeah. it could either be a brawl slash joust mm-hmm. against the Toronto Raptors right now. Saying this is where I stand. Where I stand. If you're willing to trade me, if you're willing to let me go in the off season, yep. this is where I'm going to be. Yeah. Or it's I'm about to get an absolute bag. A lot of cash is coming my way. Yep. I'm going to fight for how much I'm actually worth, and then we'll move from there. Yeah. But usually, when it comes to stars and the bigger personalities throughout the NBA, firing or letting go of their agents, it usually means something's coming. A trade is yeah. is on its way. Yeah, yeah. Like in uh, in Game of Thrones. I mean, they said winter is coming for fourteen bleeping years. Eventually, winter did come. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to my opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The Cincinnati Bengals are a a one-and-a-half-point favorite in Kansas City for the AFC Championship game. And that line is news. And it's news not just because you are listening to Gameplay brought to you by FanDuel. It is news for many, many reasons that are all about football. So on Sunday night, after the Cowboys' final embarrassing play where Zeke at center and the Chiefs, uh, with that game ending, the Chiefs were listed as the traditional three-point favorite for a very brief moment. Now they're the underdogs. Four-and-a-half-point swings are crazy. 
According to the Superbook executive director, John Murray, I think John's been on the show, um, it was, quote, a bad opener. They said a bad line. Half an hour later, the Bengals were the favorites. Now, there's a lot of interesting things. There's a lot of tentacles to, to chat about. First is that Murray said that all this action on the Bengals, this wasn't professional betters. This wasn't the Sharps. A lot of this was just you. It was me. Just normal customers, normal sports fans who were, quote, paying attention when the line went up. And that tells me that more people are getting interested in some form of another sports wagering. It makes sense. It's becoming more mainstream, more legal, easier to access, more normalized. It's not a taboo as much. And sports fans, you know, they have access to so much information. And many are thinking differently about how to approach an upcoming game. And, and I say this not as a good thing, not as a bad thing. But we, you know, the viewers, you know, viewers of the game are, are watching, keeping a closer eye on betting. The Bengals were a five-and-a-half-point underdog in Buffalo. Now they're a point-and-a-half favorite in Kansas City. A touchdown swing, and it's a superior team. Hmm. That stat, because that's what we like to do here, take a stat, tell a story. That stat tells the story of how confident the football public is in Joe Burrow and his swaggering confidence. It is also... The tale of a high ankle sprain suffered by Patrick Mahomes that's making everyone nervous. What happens when he can't scramble? Kansas City is incredible. They're the best team in the NFL in terms of converting third and long. Can he convert third and long if your quarterback is immobile? Mahomes and the Chiefs are an underdog at Arrowhead for just the second time ever in Mahomes' career. First in the playoffs. Last time we saw it, the only time we saw it was actually this year, back in week six. Bills were favored by three. So why were the Chiefs underdog way back when in October? Well, it was simple. The week before, KC hung on to beat a bad Raiders team, 30-29. to And remember a couple weeks before that, they lost to the Colts. Remember that back in week three? Remember the Colts beat the Chiefs? This happened. It happened in our lifetime. Tell your children. They won't believe you. Uh, the Bills back then, they were 5-1, and one, but same record as KC, but they had beaten the Steelers 38-3, to three, and their only loss was that bizarre 21-19 loss to Miami where they had a billion more yards than the Dolphins. So what happened on that day in Week 6? Eh, Buffalo beat the Chiefs 24-20. Hey, the books were right. Bills favored by three on the road. They won by four. Coincidentally, that was the high watermark for the season for the Buffalo Bills. Quick question, just off topic. Do you bet Mahomes because of history? He's 7-1-1 against the spread. They were a one-point underdog in Tampa in week four. They won that game 41-31. That's what I love about point spreads. Is they, If you go back and look at the history of point spreads, they tell stories. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, remember Tampa was, was good. And, and see, that's my advice for people, anyone listening who's tired of all the sports betting talk, just remember, 8% of it's actually sports betting. 92% talking about the games. And again, I find it interesting because beyond using it to place a bet, the line, a sports line, it tells a story. This one told the story of how we thought Tampa was good in October. Now, if you want to have fun, if you're a football nerd or you enjoy the history of the game, check out point spread history. Mahomes' first game as an underdog, that was his first start in week 17 of the 2017 season. Chiefs were a 3 point dog to Denver. Denver and Paxton Lynch. 
You know, the guy who couldn't become a starter with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Casey won that game 27-24. And I went back and I looked at the story. And, man, I mean, we knew at the time, okay, there could be something good here. We didn't know what we were going to get in Patrick Mahomes. Here's a quote from Vaughn Miller, at the time a member of the Broncos, who said about Mahomes, this guy is great. He's the quarterback of the future for the Chiefs. Miller must have been jealous. His quarterback was Paxton Lynch. Back to what we saw from all the crazy line moves. This line also shows how much North America now fully believes in Burrow and the Bengals, like we talked about yesterday. Also, the point spreads for the AFC and NFC Championship games, they're also telling us one more thing. They're telling us don't make plans on Sunday. Do not leave your home. Only twice in the Super Bowl era have the two conference championship games featured point spreads smaller than a field goal. And we're set up for a third one of those this weekend. San Fran at Philly. Cincy at Kansas City. Two, two and a half point spreads. I have no idea where these lines will finally settle, but I do know that the sports books and the betting public believe we are in for a hell of a Sunday. Here's hoping they are right. And that is my opening thought. I'm finished. Now, this is obviously biased because of the switch this show did over a year ago where we were putting more of the focus on sports betting. And at the time, you know, I placed a wager here and there. And, you know, obviously I knew what was going on. And and I did a lot of stuff with AK where I would just tell Aaron, bet this for me, please. Um, But the one thing I have loved doing is I love going back at the end of a year and seeing, oh, who are the Super Bowl MVP favorites? Who are the favorites to win a division, win totals? I'm with you there. Yeah, because you 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 get a great glimpse of what was our expectations, what was the story to the lead-up of any given sport, and then you compare and contrast it to now, and you're like, wow, were we wrong about that, that, and that. Well, if we're talking on a grand scale, in the NHL, the Colorado Avalanche last year were the Stanley Cup favorites. You know what happened? Mm -hmm. They ended up winning it all. Yeah. This year in the NFL, Buffalo Bills, Super Super Bowl favorites, knocked down the divisional. So it's a compare and contrast in this which way. Going off your opening thought... Is it fine for us as betters, as sports fans, as people who watch this, to target a quarterback's movability and how that could shape out a game? Oh, 100%. A hundred percent because... Are we taken away from how good this Kansas City Chiefs team is? We saw them go overcome this many times. The, yeah, but now you've got a Cincinnati team that hasn't lost since Halloween and a Cincinnati team that beat Buffalo in a manner they they suffer maybe once a year. They lose by more than two touchdowns. Also, um KC one of their strengths on third and long, they don't fear it. Part of that is Mahomes' ability to string plays out. If he doesn't have that, then how different is that offense? They can't do any play action. How different is that offense? Everything just becomes a lot more vanilla. And, you know, a, a prediction. And I get what you're saying. The Kansas City, they're going to their fifth straight AFC uh, uh, championship game. It's an incredible organization. Lots of talent, lots of great coaches. Da, 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 da. You know, so the, the, it's, it's, like, it's, it's great. But here's my question for you. How many t- if things go bad, and it's a vanilla offense because of the injury of Mahomes... Will we finally have the conversation of, oh, Casey misses Tyreek Hill? They could. But Mahomes this year has proven us that he's led the league in passing yards. Yep, the Chiefs as a team, in total, have led the league in passing yards. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that with 
Travis Kelsey and secondary receivers. They are. My pushback. One, Mahomes um, hasn't had an injury this bad. Two, he's taken on the one team that he's lost to three straight times. Three, Jacksonville, the worst defense in the NFL, defending the tight end. And we'll go to break with this. This is uh, just a question to think about. And he had 14 catches last week or on, uh, against, uh, against Jacksonville on Saturday night. What happens if a gimpy Mahomes has to find someone else to throw the ball to? And how much do we buy into the comments that Andy Reid has said? Mm-hmm. There's a great mindset. He's going to play. Yeah. And how much do you buy in that Mahomes says it's not as bad as it seems? I believe he will play. The other part I'm a little more skeptical about. Speaking of skepticism, what should we believe and not believe when it comes to Raptor trade rumors? We'll talk to Keith Smith, an excellent NBA writer. The guy who first broke the story of uh, the bubble in Orlando. So he's going to join the show next. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause, NBA contributor for Track, the Celtics show, and the front office show. And we got introduced to Keith Smith a couple years ago when the initial reporting of where the hell are NBA players going to play NBA games during the height of the pandemic when everything eventually went to Disney. It is Keith Smith. Keith, thanks so much for joining the show today. Thank you for having me. So, Keith, uh, I wake up now the last couple days, and it's this um, NBA writer saying Fred Van Vliet's going there, or O.J. Ananobi might be going there, and Carrie Trent, and keep an eye on this and that. Um, if you were going to rank the teams you're hearing the most about involving uh, as sellers, where do the Raptors rank in terms of the amount of attention that you've seen they've, they've been getting? They would be pretty high on the list. I think the challenge is no one's quite sure if they're actually selling or not. It's a lot of speculation right now. I think we're all uh, in, under some level of belief that Masai Ujiri is not going to be content to just have a team that's kind of sitting in the middle. It's either going to be we're contending for something or we are building towards the next iteration of a good uh, Raptors team. And, and if they want to go that direction, they've got an awful lot of players that they can start a kind of a teardown process if that's the way they want to go. But what I've heard is they don't have any intention of really bottoming this thing out and blowing up the entire roster and hitting reset that bar. It's more of a soft reset, a quick, you know, turnaround type of thing. And then that becomes a little bit more complicated to pull off, especially when we're in season. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because if at the end of the trade deadline, the one name that is moved and the only name is moved is Gary Trent Jr., then that signals to me that Masai Ujiri believes this core is far closer than what their record is this year. Because trading Gary Trent Jr. is just, to me, it's, it's not even a good appetizer. You know, it's not like we're getting scallops for appetizer. We're getting a leafy <laughs> green salad with a really light vinaigrette. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's um, yeah, that's not one that I think is going to get anybody you know up out of their seats uh, about. Now he may go in one of those moves, similar like the move that got him, which was moving on from a guy. Uh, who wasn't necessarily going to be under team control to get a guy who could be under team control could certainly see that. He's probably the easiest player to move of that group too, just when you factor in contract and all the types of things, because they have, which they should, uh, set a very high asking price for guys like Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi because those guys are really, really good players. 
And then I don't think Scotty Barnes is going anywhere. That would have to be, you know, a blockbuster type move where he's added into the mix. So I, I think you're looking at that. I'm kind of curious. I think that one ultimately comes down to, do you believe like you're going to resign him this summer or not? Because if you don't think you are, then it probably does make sense to at least explore the trade market before risking losing him for nothing. You do a lot of work uh, covering the Boston Celtics. Uh, Boston has beaten Toronto twice this year, including on Saturday without Tatum, and Marcus Smart missed most of the game. And, yes, there was no Fred Van Vliet for the Raptors. So you've got to see Toronto a lot in the last little while. When you, when you look at this team, what do you see in terms of prospects this year and next year if there is no major change made? Yeah, it's a weird team. They're very uh, confusing to me when I look at them play because I see a whole bunch of guys I really like. You know, we're really even in their you know top eight, nine, ten players. There's a lot of guys. So I'm like, well, you know, I, I kind of like him. I kind of like him. My worry with the Raptors is they're very inconsistent with their shooting. Um, that that is a major challenge in in the NBA. We know right now. If you can't shoot the ball, you're probably uh, pretty limited in how good of a team you can be. And then I just see far too much uh, duplication on their roster. I know they had their whole uh, situation of, well, let's get a whole bunch of similarly sized guys that can all switch and do a lot of things. And that, that sounds good until all of a sudden it's, boy, we have kind of one real ball handler on this team in Fred Van Vliet. And uh, we've got a whole mess of bigs that we can't find enough minutes to play all of them and those kind of things. That That's where it gets, gets a little messy. So I think whether it's now at the deadline, it's, again, you're kind of limited in how much you can fully reset a roster when we're in season uh, or whether it comes down to, uh, you know, this summer. I think it may start here in the next couple of weeks before the trade deadline. But I think by the time rosters are mostly finished being built in July, I think you're going to see a team that looks pretty different because I think they are going to do some stuff to rebalance that roster out a little bit. It's funny in that answer, Keith, because a lot of the words you use, I've been using all year, just confusing. I mean, they've been inconsistent. <laughs> and any team that's inconsistent, that means you're not that good. Because being consistent yeah. means you are a good team. Being consistently consistent means you're an elite team. The Raptors have just been a confusing team uh, pretty much from the start of the year. Moving off of the, uh, moving off of the Raptors, real quick, because uh, I, I was uh, checking out your Twitter account. People can follow Keith at KeithSmithNBA, a wildly easy Twitter account to remember. Um, you've been getting into a lot of conversations with Orlando Magic fans. How that... <laughs> How the hell has the best team in the East gone 1-3 and three against Orlando this year? I don't know. Every year, the best teams have some teams that they just can't figure it out again. again it's always a, a weird you know, kind of thing that is just almost every year uh, that quirk exists with, with certain teams. And for Boston, it's been Orlando. Now, I will say they've had moments when they've played Orlando where they've had some key guys out of the lineup. So that's certainly been part of it. But uh, other parts of it is, I think, the Magic size and I think uh, their effort level. They they get really up to play the Celtics for whatever reason. I think those have been things the Celtics have had a hard time with uh, matching the size for sure and then matching that effort level. So that's been been the tricky part. Now, I'm someone who covers the Celtics but I actually live in in Orlando so it's kind of an interesting uh, situation I find (laughs) myself in. But, you know, I I, I, uh, 
Yeah, I, I have not done uh, you know a lot to please the locals this morning. No, you really haven't. It's it's actually quite fun. Uh, just because to me, I I always love uh, Twitter sports rage because it reminds me that's eh, not real. It's not real rage because it ain't real news, but it still is. <laughs> it still is kind of funny. If we spin the wheel of uh, NBA topics, um, uh, Milwaukee beating Detroit one fifty one thirty is not a topic. Um, anyone who bet the under, you know, um, I feel for you. But it was the fact that Middleton and Giannis and Drew Holiday were on the uh, were in the lineup for the same time in more than a month, and seeing that makes me realize um, you know maybe time to put a little more focus on a Bucks team that is a half game back of uh, Philly for second in the East. Yeah, I think Milwaukee is full on in the point of this kind of arc of their team where it is. But a few years ago, when they kind of rose to the top of the East before they won the championship, they were were going all out. We're going to win every single regular season game. We're going to do all this stuff. And then ran into playoff failures a few years in a row. Then it became, all right, we're, we're going to back off a little bit. We want to make sure we've got plenty left in the tank by the time we get to the playoffs. And they won. And now we're seeing them really uh, hit the point of, all right, this is now a veteran team. It's a, guy, a lot of guys on this roster who've played a lot of games over the years. They've also got a little bit of an international flavor to some of the rosters because where some of the guys have played, uh, you know, international ball for their countries. Uh, a couple of guys have also had Team USA experience. So there's been yep. a lot of basketball played by those veteran guys. So I think we're seeing with the box, it's just, hey, we're going to do what we got to do. We'll win enough in the regular season and be a top four team in the East, and that's where we'll land. But we're not worried about chasing, you know, win, real random wins on a Tuesday night. You know, in January is not our real thing anymore. It's more about let's make sure our guys are healthy and ready to go. And when they are, you can see they're still a pretty good team. Absolutely. And there's one thing we can all agree on is we're all rooting for Grayson Allen. That fella. Is uh, brings us all together. Uh, last question for you. Uh, just going back to the trade deadline for a second. How much has the Rudy Gobert trade chilled the rest of the trade market? If teams are pointing to what uh, to what Utah got for Rudy Gobert, it's kind of funny. I think when we're a week, two weeks, or more out from the deadline, there's a lot of that where it's you know, oh, we couldn't possibly trade this guy for less than what. Gobert got in trade, or we need the Donovan Mitchell package, or, you know, insert star here from the last four or five years. And then I think as we get closer into the trade deadline, the teams that are trying to get those guys, they, they come up a little bit in what they're willing to give up. The teams with the players come down a little bit in their asking price. And that's when we see deals get done. It's, it's, it took a while this year for things to really get going with the Hachimura trade uh, here yesterday, but it's not uncommon that we haven't seen a whole bunch of deals yet. Generally, we see, you know, it's when we get to be uh, about 10 days out from the deadline, maybe even still a full week out, that's when we start to see some of the moves happen because that's when teams get a little bit more serious about it. The other piece that's really this year is there's only kind of three or four bad teams in the league that are truly, you know, wow, they are you know, bottomed out. They're going to sell. They are, you know, really god-awful teams. And everybody else is kind of floating in the middle. And you have, on top of that, you get about eight or ten teams that are looking at it and saying, hey, why not us? You know, well, we can make a run at this thing. So that makes it very difficult to get the market moving. That's why I do think 
if somebody becomes an early mover here uh, within the next couple of days, they may get a return that beats some of the other returns we see down the line because they may be able to get get a kind of that, hey, we moved first, so we tried to set the market a little bit price. Sometimes that does happen. Keith, really appreciate it. People want to find your work. Where do they go? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Keith Smith MBA. Everything I write and all that is there. Uh, if you're interested in contract-type stuff, Spot Track, oh, yeah. uh, who I write for, uh, Celtics, uh, specific coverage over at Celtics Blog, and then the front office show, uh, which I record with Trevor Lane. You can find that uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. We, we record uh, you know, at least uh, three to five times a week uh, on all things, uh, news, notes, rumors. Uh, yesterday's show was a lot about breaking down the Hachimura trade, but if you like that contract kind of stuff, that's what we do there. Keith, really appreciate all the best, and uh, we'll chat with you soon. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, 100%. Keith Smith, NBA contributor for Spotrack, Celtics show, front office show, and just a really good NBA reporter. All right, coming up on the other side, why Aaron Rodgers would be a fool if the, latest, if the latest rumors about him are true. We'll get into that in just a moment right here on Gameplay. Now, there's no way to answer this, and uh, as sports fans, we are all uh, guilty of, you know, just proclaiming what we saw last to be the best and the greatest, the knee-jerk reaction, prisoner of the moment, and all that kind of stuff. We're guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. Um, Has there been a better single period for the Toronto Maple Leafs than William Nylander in the second period last night in the Leafs' 5-2 win over the Islanders? Phenomenal. Like, after a pretty mute first period? Yeah. Turns it around and not only scores, but supplies for his teammates. That is what stood out to me amongst the rest. Yeah, the, the, the Cali Yarncrock goal, that was just that beautiful long pass by Nylander over the defenseman. Um, the, the second goal that he scored, like it's the first goal he scored was much more about Tavares. Um, just uh, the, the work that was being done by Tavares driving to the net and, and just good pa- uh, pa- skating, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. But the, the goal that made it 4-2 forces the turnover in the Islanders' end, picks off the pass, collects himself, takes a moment, takes a beat, and then scores. It was one of those, I'm just going to do everything on my own moments. And, I mean, it was, I, I don't know, I think it'd be hard to come up with someone who had a better period than, uh, than Nylander did in the second last night. And isn't it great how it's already been a couple of years since Tavares has been out of Long Island, but there's still that intensity whenever they play each other? It's always going to be there. It's, it's always going to be there, and it's there even more when Lamarillo went to the Islanders, when the Islanders won more, have, have won playoff series and the Maple Leafs haven't won a thing. You know, I mean, we saw some of that fun last night. Johnny, how much does Johnny Goudreau hate the city of Calgary? I don't think he dislikes them. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the fans or the people. Just the city. I'm talking geographically here. It's like, I chose to go to Columbus. They're in last. It's a horrible team. They're in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes while the Calgary Flames are, are fighting for a playoff berth. We, yeah, that is the total difference. Yeah, we didn't, like, like woof. At the time, it's like, oh, Calgary's a damn good team. You're going to go to Columbus? Man, they must have the best schools. His kids must have the best teachers. Like, I'm just talking the, the, the greatest, the greatest teachers um, in uh, in the world. But so yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, like he was always passionate about playing in Calgary, representing the Flames. But when it came to his decision to finally get some more money throughout his career, yeah, that fell into it right into his place. American boy, mm-hmm. 
Ohio. He likes the city of Columbus. He must love the city of Columbus because he could still spend plenty of time there. And American dollars in a Canadian city will go further. And it's not like Alberta's got the same taxes that Ontario has. Uh, I, again, it's just and Calgary had a, a, a great coach, great goalie, a lot of talent. He's like, ah, I want to go to Columbus, but he was embra- he was embracing those booze. Yeah, he was. Oh no, he was like, great. He, he, he was took great. them, yeah. ran with them. No, it was awesome. It was, it was perfect. He he got plenty of cheers. I saw lots of nice signs for him. He got lots oh, of yeah. booze. That's exactly how it should be. Good job, everyone. You know, no no waffles thrown on the ice. No, 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 <laughs> no, no beers chucked out. No beers chucked. It was just stupid. It's expensive. When, when Tavares went back to Long Island in his first game as a Maple Leaf. Oh yeah, against Oof. The, the Unders, there was some objects oh, thrown yeah. at his head. That was vitriol. that was not right. No, that was uh, that was going to. Above, above and beyond. So th- there was a story in the New York Post that um, that the, the Packers want multiple first rounders um, for Aaron Rodgers and for uh, and, and him going to the Jets. Am I, am, mm-hmm. am I getting right? Is that, that is all? correct? That is yeah. So that that's, is that's the storylines right now. That's the storyline. It's not going to happen. You don't I, think a trade's evident here? Here's, uh, he it, never had to go through this throughout his career. Yeah. This is the first time he's facing like, oh my gosh, this this might be it for me in Green Bay. Well, if he gets traded, it's going to be more because Green Bay wants to move on. It's I, I, I don't think it's going to be... Because uh, if you're Aaron Rodgers... I, I like I understand, and you know a team's got to be able to, to is going to be able, be able to put up fifty million dollars and forty million dollars and some of the different cap hits that he's going to get. But if you're Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, you know what you're doing? You're copying Brett Favre. Brett Favre, when Brett Favre left Green Bay, he went to the Jets for a year. Does Aaron Rodgers want to follow in the footsteps of Brett Favre? And if he does, just stay away from you know the, the some of the poorer neighborhoods in in Mississippi. Um, so that's the first thing. And I get it. The Jets fourth best in terms of yards allowed. And if Brees Hall can come back, then that's a nice set of of weapons there. Uh, and put it this way: if Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets, Garrett Wilson is going to be one of the top four wideouts taken in next year's fantasy draft. That is going to have to put him in the top three. He's going to go. He's he's going to go. He's going to go. Hey, Corey, I'm going to grab Corey Davis late. Like da, 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 all that kind of stuff. But the other point is, if you're Aaron Rodgers, do you want to go to the AFC? Do you want to lead? Like, who's the best quarter? Name rank me right now. Who are the top three quarterbacks in the NFC? If you get rid of Aaron Rodgers, are we going to put? Brady on that list is that is that a perfect sure, idea sure. to put? Throw, throw, well, we don't know where Brady's going to be, but forty-five year old Brady look bad against uh, Dallas. Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins. Be. Yeah, how about Mister Gino? Gino Smith, sure. If you have the feel-good story, you know he's going to collect. Whoever ta- you take, Gino Jared S- Goff has the numbers. Jared Goff, great. Goff has the numbers. So, but these are the names we're mentioning. Yeah. Now let's go to the AFC. Joe Burrow, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Josh Allen. If Josh Allen is the third best quarterback in the AFC, damn, you know. And then we we don't know how good Trevor Lawrence is going to be. We don't. What if Lamar Jackson comes back? Does Justin Herbert take a step? What if Justin, as long as he takes does a step, t- pushing does Tua's Don injuries Staley just out there, go away? Yeah, like what if Tua can act? Exactly. If I'm 
if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I don't want anything to do with the AFC. No. Nothing. There was a report that said it's going to be exclusively AFC. Like, there's no NFC what? within the conference. Then then that must be a lot of just Green Bay's like, okay, we'll trade you. We don't it, want yeah, the Green Bay does not want them within that same conference. It's, it's so, so evident. If Philly beats San Fran 27-3, San Fran try to find a way? I don't know what money you got to move. I don't know what it's, you got to do. It's up to the Packers' judgment. Yeah. It, it, it will all come down to, firstly, his opinion, because he's never been through and wore a different jersey in his life. So he'll have a huge say to where mm-hmm. he wants to go. Um, what's the capital? What's the, the assets going and, and I don't know which what, way. I'd also have to see, like, San Fran got rid of some of their picks to get Trey Lance. But you trade Trey Lance and all the draft picks... Um, to Green Bay. Has he even made up his mind that he's going to be playing next season? Like he's, he's, no, he hasn't made up his mind. Neither him or Tom Brady, both of them. Clowns. Do, do you think he'd, he'd have absolute gratitude and like all the love if the Packers were to trade him? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, there yeah. would be no hard feelings in the end. No, no, there'd be, there'd be none. None, none. None at all. Um, if he goes on the move. Speaking of trades, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that is what we call in the business a radio segue. Uh, coming up on the other side, our Tuesday top five. Top five players we'd like to see traded by the deadline. And um, my list, almost none of them are realistic. But that's not the point of this. It's the ones you'd like to see traded, not which what ones. What names make- does not have cooking up? My is Russell Westbrook and LeBron James in there. Oh, oh, I have a thought on Russell Westbrook. I'll save that next. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. See, that's a cool G, Daddy Ona. You got to let it ride. Embrace the odds. I want winners. It's King Kong Bundy always looking for that big five count. And you know that whenever wrestler got that uh, five count, that was not one of the top uh, top wrestlers in the roster of the WWF back in the day. No, it wasn't. That's uh, that's what we call back in the day a jobber. <laughs> they were a jobber. That match lasted seven minutes. All right, it is time now for our Tuesday top five. And with just all the speculation swirling about the Raptors, though this one involves no Raptors, our Tuesday Top 5 is Top 5 NBA players that we would like to see traded by the deadline. Now, I get a feeling, because I've done my best to avoid looking at Josh's list, even though you put it in the lineup, I never like to see anyone's work. Um, I like to be surprised. I bet your list is smarter. It is more based on money fit. On one organi- on organizations looking to move on and all these sorts of things, correct? Like you're doing yours as something that would realistically we could hear about in the next couple weeks. We genuinely could. Okay. This comes down to yeah. how managers are going to yeah. look at the contract situation. Yeah. Is this guy a free agent in the summer? Yeah. That's how I did it. Mine is uh, very very different. I don't think I looked at one contract, um, but I will say this. I don't want to see Russell Westbrook traded. I want LeBron James to have to eat that contract. It was LeBron James's fault. Could have brought in DeMar DeRozan. Like, no, 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 no. I want Russ. And now you're complaining. Like, oh, why are we not winning? Trade all those draft picks. That will matter for this organization after I've retired or I'm playing with my son on a different team. Uh, but I don't want Russell Westbrook traded. I want him right there okay. as a living, breathing reminder that LeBron James is not a good general manager. Anyway, on to the list. Who do you got at number five? 
Well, on the topic of former Lakers slash now Lakers, current Lakers, I'm going to go with Kyle Kuzma Uh at number five. This seems very just. He's a good player. Expiring contract. Yep. His numbers have had have had ticked up throughout the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Career year, 21.7 rebounds, 4 assists. He was a champion with the Lakers. Yep. Eventually moved on. And has become a 1-2 and two on the Washington Wizards right now. With Bradley Beal out, Kristaps Porzingis going through these injuries. Shocking. How much is he going to cost? That's the real question. Maybe a first-round pick? Maybe multiple second-round picks? A positional player, but and the Kyle Kuzma, I think he adds a lot more to teams rather than being in Washington. That's just not really going anywhere right now. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, my number five is R.J. Barrett. The Canadian uh, on the New York Knicks has not really ever lived up to expectations there. Maybe it's the stink of the Knicks, you know, which is the Overlook Hotel of NBA franchises. Josh, Google that reference, um, and so it just it hasn't worked out. And like the, the, it's a he's a good kid. He works hard. He has moments. Usually those moments are when he plays against the Raptors. So I say move him out to the West. I'm sick and tired of him putting up thirty against the Raptors. The guy needs a fresh start. I'm rooting for him. I want him to develop into a legitimate star so he can eventually help Team Canada. So my number five, trade R.J. Barrett away from the Knicks. And with the coaching situation in New York, it's always seemed like there's one player that's like the outlier. Yeah. Last season, Kemba Walker, gone. This season, Evan Fournier, who was a starter last year, not getting minutes. So could R.J. Barrett, hopefully not, because he's a phenomenal talent, Canadian-born, he can add a lot to many different teams. Yeah. So I, I hope he doesn't get traded right away, but I can see your rationale. Yeah, get him out of here. All right, what's At your number? number four, 35-year-old, yes. mm-hmm. who can still play ball, yeah. Mike Conley. Yes. I do want to see him on a different team, because... Offensively, the Jazz aren't it right now. At the start of the season, there was the topics of, wow, Laurie Markinen is leading the charge here. But not anymore. No. With his contract situation getting over, what is it, $25 million a year, that's a ton. He's still under contract till 2024. He has to be the one of the number one options with Gobert gone, Mitchell gone. But... We know the position that Utah Jazz are going in now. So he's a, a back. He's a great. Ba- if he's a backup point guard on, on coming off your bench, you got you got a damn good team. Definitely, and he yeah. probably won't cost that much. Yeah. So there's already been rumors that the Los Angeles Clippers may be interested, and if he adds and goes to a championship contender, he's a solid number one. If if he plays on the starting lineup or on the bench, so even though he may be a vet in the league, Conley's my guy. I was uh, looking at Conley when I was uh, originally doing this list in the spirit of you, and then I decided to do it a different way, so I I knocked him off, but never been named to an all-star team, never gone to an NBA Finals, has been in the league since 2007. Get this man his glory. My number four, we're going to stick on the theme of CanCon, is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Get him out of OKC, because just when you think, oh, look at them, they got all this young talent, they're going to put it together. No! This is OKC. This is Presti. They're going to try Trade someone for 17 more first-round picks starting in 2038 with a pick swap in 2050. I want to see Shea Gilgis-Alexander play meaningful minutes on a meaningful team in the third round of the NBA playoffs, and it's not going to be an OKC. It's never going to be an OKC. They're going to wait for Chet Holmgren's third contract before they try to sign a veteran. So my number four, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, trade him out of OKC. It's rough for him right now. 
that team has nowhere to go. Hovering a play-in spot right now, 11th in the West. They're getting there, but it's all up to Shea Gildas-Alexander's health. Yeah. He's averaging 30 points per game. He's incredible. Career numbers. Really leading this team to an area where, in a couple of years, watch out for those, those OKC Thunder. I just hardly doubt that they want to trade him. I know that we as fans and maybe some Canadian homegrown talent in Toronto, always a, uh, always a good topic. But I'm going to go the smart route here. All right, you're number three. No. Number three, Nikola Vucevic. Mm-hmm. Two-time All-Star. His contract situation is really lofty. It's up and down. It's do we want to pay him the certain amount of money for a defender who isn't really good on the perimeter, he gets beat down by other centers, but also his offensive game is is pretty solid, Matt. Like, yes, it is. Oh no, he's he's averaging a, good a double player. double. It's just where do the Chicago Bulls stand? Yeah, and I had a bonus. I'm going to go off the rails. Mm-hmm. I had a bonus. All right, Demar Derozan, hey. Zach Levine, stay out, right. Stay off that for a second. Okay. Just put a, okay. Just put a, I don't want to take your just, fan. Just put a just uh, you know put a little uh, little thumbnail it, in that. But if a team that is willing to trade some assets for a rental. Then Vucevic could be the guy. Yep, on he, a long run, he is. He, he is a good player. The problem is he's just not good enough. But he's going to get paid like he's good enough. Um, but if he's your fourth best player, you're in a hell of a great place. Uh, my number three, and I, I will keep these quick. Ooh, we're, we're running out of time here. My number three, Damian Lillard, and I want this one to be where Damian Lillard says, "Hey, you know what? Maybe it's time." And Portland says, "Can we trade you?" And Damian Lillard is like, "Okay, we'll do it." But this oh. one, yes. This one is going to be amicable like Roy Halladay and the Blue Jays. When Roy went out, every Jays fan like, Roy, please go. Uh, we're releasing you. You're a, you're, a, you're, a, you're a caged bird. Go fly free. So that's what I want to see. Damian Lillard's my number three. He's so loyal to, to He's Portland. so loyal. He's so loyal. I want this to be a mutual thing where it's a go. Go be free. You'll come back later. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. My number two, Miles Turner, mm-hmm. who's been circulating around the NBA in Toronto, Everywhere in the NBA trade talks. 26 years old, amazing rim protector, can splash the three. It's all up to him now. So his contract situation is so tricky. I don't think the Indiana Pacers are going to offer him the money that he wants. So in the next couple of weeks, fans are going to watch out because Miles Turner... We'll be on the way out, and I do want to see him out of Indiana. Yeah, and it's something we've been waiting for since the uh, since the moment Golden State beat Boston in the NBA Finals. The next topic is where's Miles Turner going? My number two, you mentioned it, is Demar Derozan. The man needs a championship. I want to see him go to Dallas. Dallas needs a legitimate number two. Find a way to get it done. Is it possible? Probably not. Have I looked in the contracts? No, I haven't. Have I looked in the assets that Dallas could give back that would make sense? I have not. I just want to see Demar Derozan eventually win a championship. Throw him next. And, and what do we need from Luca? Luca needs a legit number two. DeMar DeRozan would do it. My number two, DeMar DeRozan. Possibly. My number one. Yeah. You got DeJounte Murray. Yeah. You got Trey Young. Uh huh. Just send John Collins out of there already. We've been waiting years for this. Just come on. Get it he, done. He's, we know he's on the block. Yes. We know he doesn't want to be there. We know he's not happy with how the teams went. His role, his progression. Click Capella's technically taking it over. So, throw it out. Get it out there. I'm get not, away. I want him traded. John Collins, yes. I want to see him out yes. on a contender yep. where he's actually going to get minutes. I agree. John Collins my number one. I, it's also, a rightful decision. Also, get him out so we can stop talking about this. John Collins is going to be traded. That's it. All right, my number one. 
Who's the one guy, if they got traded, would cause the most stir? Now, you could go LeBron, and you wouldn't be wrong. But what if the Brooklyn Nets just decided to trade Kyrie Irving? Because if they traded Kyrie Irving, what did Kyrie Irving say or tweet out or put on Instagram? What hateful movie is he now endorsing? Wait a minute. Kyrie hates those people? What did those people ever do to Kyrie? Wait, Kyrie says he loves everyone? Wait a minute. Did him and Kanye just put out an album together? What the hell is going on with Kyrie? My number one. I guarantee you, Kyrie Irving gets traded. We're feasting off that story for months. So my number one, Kyrie Irving on the move. Ooh. Exactly. That noise there. That noise there is why I picked that one. Because John Collins gets finally. Kyrie Irving gets do we see him on a different team throughout his career? Like, oh, yeah. He'll there's be, been so much talk about like, he's mashed into Brooklyn. Yeah. New York's his home now. Yeah. He's playing some unbelievable basketball right now. Like, his last couple of games, he's, he's been he's great. arguably the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. Without Durant, his progression Tra- and his... his trade his ass. <laughs> his trade his ass. Oh, that would cost so much. Thank you. We oh. would talk so much yes, about the would. Brooklyn Nets for weeks. Hell yeah. If that happened. And we've done it in the past. We'll do it in the future. On the other side, it's been a while. Let's check in with all things Blue Jays. What's going on with the arbitration with Bo Bichette? We know it worked out with Vlad. And uh, what kind of hitter's ballpark is Skydome going to be? We talk to Scott Mitchell, our Blue Jays reporter, next. This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app.